everyone wants to get more sleep, and there are a ton of different sleep hacks out there, noise machines, meditation, earplugs, which I do, but you can immediately transform your sleep with Bowl & Branch. We have Bowl & Branch sheets in our house. They're in white. They are so soft. In fact, we say all the time, but they really do get softer with every wash. And the sheets also come in a really pretty box, kind of wrapped up like a present just for you. They feel buttery and breathable to start. And again, as Motion and I always say, they get softer with every wash. Best of all, it feels a little bit luxurious every time you slip into bed. These best-selling sheets are also made with the finest 100% organic cotton. They are completely free from toxins, soft yet super breathable. There's a 30-night worry-free guarantee so you can wash them, style them, and sleep in them for an entire month. And if you don't really love them, you could send them back right away. And again, they're made without toxins. There's no synthetic pesticides, formaldehyde, and other harsh chemicals. So sleep better with the softest, most breathable bedding from Bowl & Branch. Get 15% off your order when you use the promo code MONEWS at bowlandbranch.com. That is Bowl & Branch, B-O-L-L-A-N-D, branch.com. That promo code MONEWS, M-O-N-E-W-S, for 15%, off your order. All right, everybody, we have done it. We have made it to another Friday. It is Friday, August 12th. I'm Moshe Wanunu, and you're listening to the Mo News Podcast. This is the place where we bring you just the facts from verified sources and a breakdown of what matters in the news. We read all the news and read between the lines so you don't have to. We have a few headlines here as we head into another weekend. The U.S. Attorney General has spoken out. He says he approved the search warrant of Trump's home. And in response to all the criticism, he has filed a motion to have the details of the search warrant and what was taken released. The next move is Donald Trump's. I'll explain. Amid all this anti-FBI rhetoric on the right, there was a concerning incident Thursday in Ohio as a gunman tried to breach the Cincinnati FBI office. The CDC announces looser guidance on quarantining and declares the age of social distancing over. I'll have more on the future of COVID-19. We'll have the latest on the streaming wars between Disney Plus and Netflix as Disney has officially sort of surpassed Netflix. I'll have more on what that means and why you're going to be paying more for Disney Plus in the coming months. And the NBA makes a rare announcement to honor Bill Russell and officially retire the number six from ever being worn again. Okay, let's get started here. After several days of silence and facing a lot of criticism and threats from the right, the U.S. Attorney General Merrick Garland on Thursday spoke out for the first time. In a brief on-camera statement, he didn't take any questions, he announced that the Justice Department filed a motion in court to make that search warrant of Trump's home public. Garland has come under increasing pressure this week to provide more public information about why the Justice Department and the FBI decided that a search was necessary. So he did so Thursday afternoon, and it appeared with considerable reluctance. He said the goal was to protect the rights of targets of the probe and the integrity of the investigation. But given how outspoken the former president was about this and all the public interest, he said it's time to go public. Until Thursday, there was no actual recognition from the Justice Department about the search warrant. In fact, we first learned of all of this from a statement from former President Trump, that statement on Monday night that he put out where he said that the FBI had been there, raided his home, broke into his safe, et cetera, et cetera. That all came from the former president. Typically, the FBI does not make big announcements while they're in the middle of an investigation. And they took measures to try to ensure some privacy here. They didn't go in with their big FBI jackets. They went in uh, sort of 
quietly, but at the end of the day, the former president decided he wanted it to be public. So Garland said, fine, we will file a document with the court in Southern Florida. We're going to uh, basically ask for the judge's approval to release parts of that search warrant, as well as a document that lists some of the materials that were taken from Trump's home. Garland called this press conference and he made three additional points. And I want to play some of it here so you can hear it in his own words. First, I personally approved the decision to seek a search warrant in this matter. Second, the department does not take such a decision lightly. Where possible, it is standard practice to seek less intrusive means as an alternative to a search and to narrowly scope any search that is undertaken. Third, let me address recent unfounded attacks on the professionalism of the FBI and Justice Department agents and prosecutors. I will not stand by silently when their integrity is unfairly attacked. The men and women of the FBI and the Justice Department are dedicated, patriotic public servants. Every day, they protect the American people from violent crime, terrorism, and other threats to their safety while safeguarding our civil rights. They do so at great personal sacrifice and risk to themselves. A federal judge found probable cause of a crime being committed related to those documents at Mar-a-Lago, which is what led him to approve that search warrant. Again, he didn't take any questions, uh, but before he went, he did reinforce that there is a receipt of all the things they took that was given to Trump's attorneys on site. Trump's attorneys were there that they have complained that they didn't have as much access to the agents while they were there, but they were given the search warrant as well as a effectively inventory of everything taken by the government. Now, the release of those documents are up to a federal judge. It's the same federal judge in the Southern District of Florida who actually approved the search warrant. That is Bruce Reinhardt. He is now dealing with the motion to unseal the search warrant. It was submitted on Thursday by the South Florida U.S. Attorney, as well as notably the Justice Department's counterintelligence chief. That's a guy, Jay Brett. That's very interesting because Brett, who oversees counterintelligence, that is a department, that is a unit of the department that deals with foreign adversaries and countering foreign spies. What that means for the documents Trump had in Mar-a-Lago is unclear, but it is notable that Brett is involved here. So what's next is Judge Reinhardt has to rule on this. Interestingly, overnight, Trump posted on his social media feed that he will not block the release of the documents. In fact, he wrote with an exclamation point, release the documents now. So now the government has made the filing to release a uh, search warrant and related items. And Trump says he has no interest in opposing that, blocking that. So now it falls in the hands of the judge to determine how much of those documents to release. The bottom line here as you go into the weekend is this is essentially the Justice Department saying, okay, Trump, have it your way. We are going to do this investigation on the DL, preserve the rights of the innocent. But if you think this is all nonsense, then sure, let's release the search warrant, release a description of what we found. Let's go for it. Trump released a statement on Truth Social. That's that social media platform he created after being kicked off Twitter. He said that his attorneys are cooperating and he believes that he has done everything the government wanted. He accused the government of sending in safe crackers, he called them safe crackers, and coming with no warning. Trump ended his statement with, quote, they got way ahead of themselves. Crazy! Exclamation point. Now, fast forward a bit. I want to give all of you a heads up that even with a potential release of the search warrant and the itemized list, Given the national security stakes and all the classified issues we've heard about, it is unclear how much we will end up seeing here and how much of it will be redacted. Those are those government documents where you see black 
uh, covering up sometimes a few words, sometimes all the words. Needless to say, I will keep monitoring this on my Instagram feed all weekend long. I imagine this will continue to develop. Now to a scary incident in Ohio on Thursday. An armed suspect attempted an attack on the FBI building in Cincinnati yesterday. He allegedly had multiple weapons before he led FBI officials on a car chase. After a lengthy standoff, police officers ended up shooting and killing the man. His name is Ricky Walter Schiffer. Upon arriving at that FBI building in Cincinnati, Schiffer was wearing a body armor, holding an AR-15 style rifle, and shooting a nail gun. An alarm goes off, and eventually uh, he gets in his vehicle and leads them on a chase. Investigators are looking into whether he had ties to extremist groups. Schiffer was at the U.S. Capitol back on January 6th of last year and may have had ties to one of the hate groups that was also part of the insurrection. That's some of the reporting I'm seeing in the New York Times from two law enforcement officials who are speaking to the newspaper. The concern here is this all comes against the backdrop of a lot of anti-FBI rhetoric from the right. This all follows the search warrant of Trump's home. Several Republicans have been saying it's time to rise up and challenge the FBI for infringing our constitutional rights. Marjorie Taylor Greene is among those calling for the FBI to be defunded, taken apart. And in online forums, extremists are going even further, calling for the assassination of FBI agents and the FBI director. For his part, Christopher Wray, who currently runs the FBI, is calling those threats deplorable and dangerous. Ray says he's very concerned about the threats to law enforcement. He adds, quote, violence against law enforcement is not the answer, no matter who you are upset with. Okay, now to that new CDC guidance we got on Thursday that essentially declares an end to the era of social distancing. Goodbye, six feet. In their new recommendations out on Thursday, the agency said it's shifting away from guidelines like strict quarantines and social distancing and towards methods they say help prevent severe illness when it comes to COVID-19. Gone is the recommendation that you have to stay six feet away from other people to prevent the spread. Honestly, I didn't even realize that was still a thing two and a half years in. A CDC senior scientist says the country is now in a stronger place between the vaccine, boosters, and treatments. As of this week, the CDC no longer recommends that people quarantine after they've had a COVID exposure. That applies to most of us, except for those in the following settings, jails, nursing homes, and homeless shelters. This is also significant news for many parents who follow this account and the podcast. Students can now stay in their classroom this fall, even if they've been exposed to COVID. This has been drama for a lot of parents. Every time a COVID exposure happens, they've had to have their kids at home. This transition away from quarantining really signals an end to several years of remote schooling for most of us that has been blamed in some cases for stunted learning and increased mental health problems among kids. So the CDC is saying, especially if you're vaccinated, they no longer recommend a quarantine period. It says just wear a high quality mask. And for those who do test positive for COVID-19, the CDC says they should isolate themselves from others who are healthy for at least five days. I want to go abroad now where we continue to monitor what's going on in Ukraine as the war now approaches six months since the Russian invasion. The UN and a number of Western countries, including the US, are growing increasingly alarmed by the Russian shelling around Ukraine's Zaporizhia nuclear power plant. Zaporizhia, by the way, is the biggest nuclear plant in all of Europe. The UN Security Council is meeting to discuss the situation. The head of its nuclear watchdog warns it's a grave hour. The UN tends to have these dramatic statements sometimes, but understand the gravity of the situation because of the fact that there's firing happening around a nuclear power plant. The UN Secretary General says this could lead to disaster. Ukraine and Russia, for their part, are pointing the finger at one another. The Ukrainians are like, this is clearly the Russians shooting at the nuclear power plant again. The Russians are like, no, no, it was totally the Ukrainians. So each side is blaming the other for 10 hits on the office and fire station at that power plant. 
Ukraine is warning that the Russians are playing with fire literally here and could cause a nuclear accident at the plant. The Russians, by the way, seized this plant back in March, but it's very much on the borderline between the area that is still controlled by Ukraine and the area that Russia now occupies. The U.S. is calling for a demilitarized zone around the nuclear power plant, saying that fighting around that area is both dangerous and irresponsible. I spoke to a nuclear expert earlier this spring. You can find it uh, back in March in the Mo News newsletter. I can link to it here in the uh, show notes of the podcast. He says there are a lot of security measures around the plant, but of course, Russia needs to be careful with weaponry around that plant. Now to the latest in streaming wars. I imagine a number of you will stay indoors this weekend and stream your favorite shows given the heat. And it sounds like more and more of you are doing it on Disney+. Plus. They announced this week they have officially 221 million subscribers across all their platforms. That now officially beats Netflix. Netflix has just over 220 million. Disney Plus announced 221 million for the first time. Now, I will tell you, it's a bit of funny math here. Disney Plus actually has only 152 million paying users. But since Disney also owns Hulu and ESPN, they add them all together to get that bigger number. Regardless, it's good news for Disney. Their paying users are up 31% over a year ago, and the service added more than 14 million subscribers between April and early July. And what better way to celebrate than wait for it? Well, they're going to raise prices. Disney Plus is going to raise the monthly subscription fee by $3. It'll now be $10.99 a month for all U.S. users starting this December. That's the ad-free tier. But they're also adding an ad-supported tier at $7.99 a month. So effectively, if you don't want to see your price go up, you're going to have to stay and switch to the ad-supported tier at $7.99 and make your kids, the uh, the Gen Zers, I guess now they're calling them the alpha generation, have to sit through commercials like we did back in the day. The larger story here is that after years of growing at all costs, it is now all about making money for these streaming giants. There's been slowing subscriber growth, especially here in the U.S., and it is forcing Disney+, Plus, Netflix, all these companies to shift their attention abroad and to really work on growing their bottom line. Netflix, for one, has had a really tough year. They've been hemorrhaging subscribers. They've lost more than a million subscribers this year, 200,000 in the first quarter, nearly a million in the following three months. And now, of course, they're eliminating the sharing of passwords and increasing rates on their end. But back to Disney Plus for a second. I'm hearing from a lot of parents this week who are very pleased to have the service and are willing to pay for it because the third season of Bluey has come out. Many of you are overjoyed that your kids now have that and frankly that you have that. A lot of people are sending me notes about how much they love Bluey and how Bluey makes them emotional. The third season of that animated show came out this week. And finally, our sixth and final story today is about what else? The number six. The NBA announced this week that they are permanently retiring Bill Russell's number six throughout the league to honor the life and legacy of that 11-time NBA champion and civil rights pioneer. Russell passed away late last month at the age of 88. He is the first NBA player to have his number retired across the league. Jackie Robinson's number 42 is retired in all of baseball. Wayne Gretzky's number 99 is retired in the NHL. And so now Bill Russell's number six will join that club. In their announcement, the NBA said that this ensures that, quote, Bill's transcendent career will always be recognized. The big question I got from some of you on Instagram is, what does this mean for LeBron James? He is among the players who currently wears number six. I'm told this will apply to all new players, and the NBA says that all players who currently wear number six, including LeBron, will be grandfathered in. By the way, for his part, LeBron has gone back and forth between number 23 and number six throughout his career. He's currently wearing number six. And so I guess it's lucky for him because it means that he can remain wearing number six. It's all new players who will have to pick another number. 
Okay, that's it for us this week. It's been a roller coaster of a week. I appreciate all of you taking a moment each day to listen to this podcast. We want your feedback. Please email me, podcast at mo.news. Also subscribe to our newsletter, the Mo News newsletter, monews.bulletin.com. Over there today, I have our weekly segment, uh, Cheers to the Freaking Weekend, what we're watching, what we're reading, and what we're eating this weekend. So go check that out in the newsletter over at monews.bulletin.com. Follow me on Instagram at Moshe at M-O-S-H-E-H for all the latest and greatest throughout the weekend and 24-7 throughout the week. And don't forget to follow us or subscribe to the show on the podcast you're listening to us on. Also, please review us. Every review makes a difference. Every subscription makes a difference as we continue to grow this show. Folks, have a great weekend. I will see you on Monday.